The makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Purine and Pret Cooking Fat, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, Maple Margarine and Niblet's Cheese Twists present The Epic Casebook. In which Inspector Carr investigates. Good evening. I've just returned from a hurried trip to London, where I sat in on a full day's hearing of what has become known as the Cray Brothers murder trial. As this trial has not yet reached its conclusion, to comment on it would be wrong. Nevertheless, the proceedings were quite remarkable as a demonstration, if such were needed, of the extraordinary arcane atmosphere of the underworld, with its own laws, codes, and even language. Time and time again, the judge had to stop counsel and witness in order to have interpreted some of the words used. Why all this? Well, there have been times when, for the purposes of reality, I have got characters to talk about grassing instead of informing, and a spieler instead of a gambling den. I have come back convinced that were I not to put such underworld slang into the script, it would give a false picture of the scene. The Cray brothers' trial reminded me quite vividly of another case. The murder and the circumstances were vastly different, yet the principal characters involved were identical. All of them lived and had their social life within one square mile of that area in the east end of London known as Stepney. I've called my story The Gates to Death. Larkin was mowed down by a submachine gun within minutes of emerging from Pentonville Prison after serving a ten-year sentence for robbery with violence. Naturally enough, the murder squad of Scotland Yard received the news within seconds of the murder. I was summoned to the governor's office. You come in. Ah, oh, Carr, come on in. Hello, oh, sir. Don't Inspector Carr. Hey, what is this? A frame-up? Don't you give me no third-degree stuff. You can't keep me in here without a warrant. I've explained to you a thousand times, Mr. Russell, we're not keeping you, as you put it. We've asked you to await the arrival of Inspector Carr so that you may be able to assist him in his inquiries. Yeah, I've heard that phrase before, too. Oh, look, Governor. Wolf was knocked off right in front of the gates. There are two screws who'll bear witness to it. All right, so I came to meet him, but that doesn't make me a killer, does it? Oh, you'll, you'll understand, Inspector Carr. Whoever did for Wolf will do for me if the buzz is that I'm helping the cops. Look, I'm afraid you've no choice, Russell. You are witness to a killing, and as such, you have to make a statement. You can't keep me here. I know my rights. Of course we can't keep you here. Now, don't be a fool. You know the form. If you refuse to make a statement, I can't force you. But there is such a thing as hindering the police in the course of their duties. I'd have you inside so no, All right, all right. I don't know much. We'll be the judges to the extent of your knowledge. Now... You came to meet your friend, Wolf Larkin. That's right. Well, I promised him I would. You know, his missus died while he was in jail. I know what it's like hearing those big gates clanging behind you. You're out in the world all alone, just holding on to your quid note and your attache case, wondering what to do and where to go. I didn't want that for Wolf, see? We'd been friends since we were nippers. Did you correspond with him all the time he was in jail? Yes. 
Mind you, he didn't write, Matt. Well, after all, the regulations... We know all about the regulations, Russell. What happened? Oh, is that your car parked on the other side of the road? Yes. What time is Larkin released, Governor? Uh, what's the time now? Uh, less than 20 minutes ago. That makes it almost precisely nine o'clock. We were going to release him this evening after he'd seen the chaplain. He kicked up such a fuss saying that his friend could only be at the gates this morning at nine o'clock, so we let him go. I see. Thank you. And you are the friend, Fred, are you? Yes. I saw him last Wednesday. Told him I'd got a steady job at the Stepney Green Dog Track. Well, he said he thought he'd be able to fix it with the governor to leave earlier. You see? Now, what happened this morning? Well, I got here at about five to nine. I parked the car... Slim Fred. Come to have a look round when you've got old means of habitation. I don't have to take any old lip from you or any other screw. I'm outside now, so you can go and jump in the lake for a start. But if you must know, I've come to meet Wolf Larkin. Ah, uh, Wolf, eh? I'd be glad to get rid of him, I can tell you. Oh, there he is now. Oh, well, yeah. be seeing you, Larkin. Not on your sleep, lot, you won't. Hello, Fred. Uh, Wolf. Oh, you. Goodbye, Mr. Larkin. I trust you found our beds comfortable. You go and get... Yeah, OK, let's scarf it. The oh. car's just over there. Thanks, Fred. You don't know how much I appreciate this. Right, get him, Wolf. I'll let Wolf! Wolf! Yeah, yeah. Let's get him back inside, quick. got him back in stir. The doc told me he was dead. He was the only real pal I ever had in my life. The rotten, dirty, stinking swines, whoever they are. You use the phrase, whoever they are. Oh, come off it, Fred. You know, step me inside out. Who bumped him off and why? I don't know. Why should anyone bump him off? He'd served seven of his ten years sentence, didn't he? I'll tell you this. I'll get the swines who did it, even if I have to... No, scream. Russell, you won't. We will. But we need your help. Now, you say you're going straight. You're working at the docks, hmm? I haven't done anything schlenter for the last three years. All right, Russell. There's no need to keep the governor waiting any longer. Uh, if we can have an office, sir, we'll take down Russell's statement and get him to sign it. Russell duly made his statement... It was signed and witnessed. Naturally, we put a tail on him from the moment he left. I stayed behind to have a word with the governor of the prison. This isn't going to be easy, sir. Larkin could have been bumped off for a variety of reasons. These thugs have long memories when it comes to revenge. He may have double-crossed one of his accomplices when it came to sharing out the loot. Take the fellow gangster Sheila from him. Oh, could be a multitude of motives. I've got his release papers in front of me. Hmm? Yeah. He got ten years for robbing the Whitechapel branch of the Imperial Bank. A security guard was disabled for life. Oh, yes, I remember the case well. Yes, we put up roadblocks all around the area within a matter of minutes. We don't know who actually shot the guard. We couldn't prove that it was Larkin. All the others got away. Luckily for us, Larkin dived into a side street and jumped right into the arms of two of our men. Mm. 
And what about the loot? Well, as far as I remember, every farthing was recovered intact in the gangster's car. The driver saw the roadblock at the top of Cable Street, stopped the car and ran. Ironically, each of the four of them thought the other had the swag. Mm, and they've never been found? No. Nope. We tried hard to make Wolf grass, but he wouldn't. Uh, look at this. It's from X Branch there. Okay. Please inform us immediately Wolf Larkin is due for at least. Well, there's your motive. It's a 20 to 1 chance that Larkin was bumped off because his accomplices were afraid that he might lead us to them. Uh, by the way, that water was a special. He was from X Branch. I suppose they wanted to see who was meeting him or who wasn't. <sighs> oh, well, it's nothing for it but the usual foot slog. I suppose the X Branch man had a good look at the car that carried the killers. Not that it'll do much good. Oh, is he here, sir? Yes, he's in the outer office waiting to see if you need him. I'll get him in. Yes, sir. No, send him in. Right, sir. I'm not relishing this, you know. means going through hundreds of files that are over seven years old. The underworld's changed a great deal since then. Uh, come in. Oh, Sergeant Mitchell. I'd heard you'd gone to X Branch. Three years now, sir. <laughs> Good. Oh, what have you got for me? There were two in the car. Nylon stockings over the hedge. Mm. They're driving a black two-door Smithson Coupe, number GHX-153. Mm -hmm. Not that it'll do us much good, sir. I got through to headquarters. I found the car already. Less than a quarter of a mile from here. It's <sighs> the usual story. Stolen car, fake number plates. Oh, well. I'd better get back to the yard. Car speaking. Operations here, sir. Mm -hmm. Report has just come through that Fred Russell has been traced to 13 Paradise Walk, Stepney. He has a wife and two children. He's been in the clear for the last three years, as he says. Last conviction was... Yes, you can skip all that, Ops. I've got his record from CRO. Uh, what I'm waiting for is news of Larkin's buddies when he was trying to pull that bank job. What pubs did he use? That sort of thing. According to X-Branch, he wasn't a member of any known gangs at the time he was pulled in. Uh, forgive me, sir, but if they failed to find his associates at the time of his trial, I don't see how we can succeed What do you now? expect us to do? Throw the dossier away? Mark the case of the murder of Wolf Larkin as unsolved? Uh, no, sir, of course not. All right, then get on to X-Branch and tell him to get cracking. They've been working on the bank robbery case until the moment he stepped out of jail. They've probably got something useful. Very good, sir. Oh, I, I'm sorry if I lost my temper, Ops, but look, I don't quite know where to start until we've got some sort of lead. At the moment, there's just Fred Russell. I'd better hold on to that straw until something fresh turns up. I doubt whether in the whole of London there was a thoroughfare so evil-smelling and sordid as Paradise Walk Stepney. As the police car pulled up outside number 13, it was immediately surrounded by mud-bespattered, grimy kids whose grinning faces and happy laughing eyes demonstrated that our sociologists are not always right in pointing to the influence of one's environment. All right, driver, wait here. I don't think this is going to take very long. Mr. Ross, sir. Today, the Inspector Carr knew Scotland Yard. May I come in? Look, it wasn't my husband. Please, Paul, it... Mrs. Russell. Oh, all right. I suppose I've got no alternative. Sure. Might have told me you were coming. Place in a terrible mess. I tried to keep it the best up. Don't worry but... about that, Mrs. Russell. Um, we would have given you advance notice, but you're not on the telephone. Telephone? Where do you think we get money for telephones? In here. At least the parlour looks a bit decent. Mm -hmm.
The parlour, as Mrs. Russell called it, was scrupulously clean. Yet its very cleanliness seemed to highlight its poverty. A worn threadbare woolen rug, an armchair that had seen better days, a battered old sofa constituted its entire furniture. If Mrs. Russell's husband was still an active member of the underworld, he couldn't be doing it for any financial reward. I see you're looking at the furniture. We got this when we were married 15 years ago. Of course, these tally men come round trying to get you to buy stuff on the never-never, but not me. What with two kids and husband who earns the princely sum of ten quid a week. Takes me all my time to stay decently fed and clothed. You didn't seem surprised to see me, Mrs. Russell. Were you expecting the police? Well, of course I was. You don't think Fred would keep it from me, do you? And let me tell you, Mr. Police Inspector, I'm glad he's dead. Wolf Larkin had it coming to him, the swine. At last I was confronted with someone who wanted Wolf Larkin out of the way. But why, when her husband protested such deep affection for the murdered man? Why are you glad he's been killed, Mrs. Russell? For what he did to my husband. When we got married, Fred had a steady job working for the Stepney Wholesalers Limited. Well, it wasn't much, but we managed. And what's more, we were honest. Go on. When it all started, he'd bring home a new radio set, buy himself new suits, presents for me. I kept asking where the money came from. Well, how do you like it? Fits me like a glove, don't you think? How much did that sports jacket cost you, Fred? Where are you getting all this money from? Like I told you, Wolf is in with the boys at the Greyhound track. I've been winning it on the dogs. All I hear about is Wolf Larkin. Do you know how many times he's been in jail? Do you know his missus does nothing but get drunk because she never knows when he's going inside again? Fred, look at me, Fred. Timothy will be born in a couple of months. Our first kid. He's going to have a decent, honest father, ain't he, Fred? You're not doing anything to... I've already told you. Now stop worrying and give us a kiss. That same afternoon, the cops came for him. <laughs> not for Mr. Iron Mighty Wolf Larkin. Oh, no, he had an alibi. Timothy was born while Fred was serving his sentence. And who was his great buddy when he came out of jail? Wolf Larkin. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. I was the most thankful woman in the whole of England when they caught him on that bank job. Luckily, my Fred was inside at the time. Oh, he, he wasn't big time. He hasn't got the brains. Otherwise, he might have been on a nap job, too. Inspector, you've got to believe me. Fred hasn't done a dishonest thing since he came out over three years ago. Poor as we are, I haven't been so happy since our first few months of married life. He loves working at the dogs, even if it is hand-to-mouth way of living. So he doesn't possess a car? Motor car? You must be joking, Inspector. Oh, I know what you mean. He told me he was borrowing his boss's car to pick Wolf up. Yes, that's right, Inspector. I loaned Russell one of the firm's cars. He told me his wife was sick in hospital. He had to go and meet her. He's a steady, hard-working man. I let him borrow the car. Was it a grey four-seater, number GHL8875? Yes. Why do you ask? Routine question. Now, look, Inspector, there's nothing wrong, is there? Well, I know all about his prison record. The fact is, it was the Prisoner's Aid Society who asked me to give him the job. We've got enough wide boys hanging around the track without me employing one. Well, you don't have to worry about your track. A friend of his was murdered. Naturally enough, we question everyone he was connected with. Good day to you. Good day.
cop? Number 16 has just come through, sir. Yes? Russell spent a couple of hours at the commercial arms talking to someone named Henry Levine and Patrick Swinton. He then went straight home. I see. Is the man still there? Yes, sir. He's being tailed day and night. What about Levine and Swinton? Levine keeps a greengrocer shop at 24 Commercial Road. He has a good record in the manor. Mm-hmm. Swinton? No known record, not known to the police, new to the district. Works for the Gaslight and Coke Company, comes from Huddersfield. Oh, we're getting nowhere fast. Well, they'll have to keep at it. The killers must have warned Russell not to contact them in any way. But why? Why did he become a party to a murder? All right, Ops, don't bother to answer. I'm only blowing off steam. I think I'll have another word with Mrs. Russell. Uh, Mrs. Russell, I- I'm sorry to pest you like this. I'm going to be absolutely frank with you. The entire machinery of the law has failed to reveal one single clue as to the identity of the killers. Now... We're having your husband watched at this moment. Oh, no. Now, Fred didn't do it. You know he didn't. Of course he didn't. But he is involved. Wittingly or unwittingly, he provided the killers with an opportunity to murder. My guess is unwittingly. Now, if you'll excuse me... You can't. Me. You can't do this to my husband. All he's ever been was a stinking petty tea leaf. And where's he got him? I know your husband was a petty thief. But he had a loyalty to Wolf. If I can break down that stupid, never-talk-to-a-cop attitude of Stepney, I'll save your husband from going to the gallows, but you've got to help me. Well, what's that? What's that in that bag? Hmm? Oh, it's just a way we keep contact with our men. I told one of them to reach me here at... Nine o'clock. that now? Hello, Citadel. Hello, Citadel. Three, six, darling. Three six calling. Right, three six. I'm on net. Over. Robert has just left the track. I'm tailing him. Walking in a northwesterly direction. Indicates making for Paradise Walk. Good. That's all I wanted to know. Over and out. Inspector, you're treating my husband as though. Well, as though he. As though what, Mrs. Russell? I tell you, I think he's innocent. One of our best men is shadowing him now. Wherever he goes tonight, he'll be followed. If he comes here, well and good. If not, we'll still have him in our sights. Now listen to me. Your husband knows that he helped to get his friend killed. But without your help, he won't grass. And do you know what that makes him, if he won't give us the information? An accessory to the act of murder. Oh, no, Yes, no. Mrs. Russell, yes. A police officer has to learn to stifle his own emotions whilst investigating. Yet it was difficult not to feel a deep sense of compassion for this stepney born and bred woman who fought so long and so hard so that her family might be respectable citizens. Much depended on her reactions as her husband walked in. I could only hope that she would react in the way I wanted. For the last time, please, the kids will wake up if there's any... Mary... Mary? What are you doing in the parlour? Inspector, what are you doing here? Why didn't you leave us alone? It's half past nine at night. The kids are asleep. You left the dogs early? I wasn't feeling well. The boss let me off. Oh, Fred. Look, Copper, my mate is dead. I swear it on my kids' lives, Mary's life, that I put my head on the block to see him walking through that front door. 
Uh, why don't you leave us uh, that's alone? That's an interesting statement you made just now, Fred Russell. Why didn't you say, my mate's dead, I had nothing to do with it? What do you mean? Because you did have something to do with it, didn't you? That's a lie. I'm no murderer. That chap, Fred, you'll wake the kid. Then what's he on at me for? Because you know who killed him. Me? You're crazy. Oh, no, I'm not. You told the killers you were going to meet Wolf Larkin. You told them the day and the time. Who are they, Fred? They won't be able to hurt you. Your name won't even come into it. Provided I've proved to my satisfaction that you don't... Don't go on, Colbert. I'm Stepney born and bred. I've never grasped on anyone in my life. Give me your hand, Fred. What's come over you? Please, Fred. Got to you, me, you, I suppose. Now, the other one. Now, look at me, Fred. Did you mean for Wolf Larkin to get bumped off? Are you crazy? Then tell them, Fred. Tell them. You fool, they, they killed your best friend, much as I hated him. Don't you know what'll happen? What you'll become if you don't grasp a murderer. They'll catch them. They'll catch them without you. And when they'll catch them, you'll be in the dock with them. Because you'll be guilty of being an accessory. I'm not grassing. Oh, listen to Lord Iron Mighty, I'm not grassing. Go upstairs and have a look at your kids. Boy Scout crook doesn't grass. So as his children can grow up having a murderer for a father. I didn't do it. I'm sorry, Inspector. I thought I'd won the battle with Fred Russell. For three years I thought he loved me and the kids more than he loved his stinking crooks. I've lost... Where are you going? I'm taking the kids as far away from Stephanie as I can. They're old enough to read. I don't want them to see the newspapers. All right, stop it, Mary, stop it. All right, Copper. Oh, grass. I was in the Royal Albert when Peter walked in. Peter? Danny the Peter. Oh, Peter. Safes. Danny the safe cracker. Yes, I remember. Danny Parsons. Go on, Fred. Well, he came up to me with Tony Davis. Hello, Freddy boy. When's Wolf coming out? Why do you want to know? One of the boys inside tells us he's been given extra remission. Yeah, that's right. Matter of fact, I'm going to pick him up tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Thanks, Fred. You may not know it, but you've probably saved yourself from a hanging. Yes, I've got his record here. Prisoner 752864, Bernard Phelan. Two years robbery. Released March the 14th this year. You can find him at the Pentonville Steelworks. Thanks. Sure, I told Tony that the wolf was grassing. I don't know on what. All I know is, no man gets three years remission unless he's in with the cops. And that was the motive. Tony Davis and Daniel Parsons were involved with Wolf Larkin in the bank robbery that earned for Larkin a ten-year sentence. Rumour went around Pentonville Prison that the wolf was being released because he was acting as an informer. Ironically, that wasn't true. According to the governor of the prison, the Home Office had issued a directive that all remissions should be reviewed and where a prisoner had a favourable report should be released earlier, part of the penal reform being instituted in Britain at the time. Tony and Danny thought otherwise. They knew that no one could touch them if Wolf Larkin, the prosecution's chief and only witness, was put out of the way. But what made me convinced from the very start that Fred Russell was implicated? Not sure? Did you notice the clue? It was this. If you remember, the governor said... We were going to release him this evening after he had seen the chaplain... He kicked up such a fuss, saying that his friend could only be at the gates this morning at nine o'clock, so we let him... You see it now? Only one person outside the prison authorities could have known that Wolf Larkin would have been at that spot at precisely that time. 
Once we had ex-convict Bernard Phelan's statement, together with Fred Russell's testimony, the case was as good as proven. Both were hanged since the non-hanging bill had not yet then been introduced. Oh, the moral of the story, if you must go walking down Stepney, take my advice, keep off the grass. Good night. <coughs> The Epic Casebook was produced by Michael Silver for the makers of Epic Pure Sunflower Oil, Maple Margarine, Yum Yum Peanut Butter, and Niblet Cheese Twists, with Hugh Russ as Inspector Carr. Listen again next Thursday night at 9.30 to another exciting story from our Epic Casebook. Book.